uh, Genesis Open. I know you guys have some plays. I got a couple as well. So, Trista, I know you have a few you're running. Yeah, up. number one for me. So, I actually think I know Riviera better than any course on the in the world. I've played there probably 150 times. Uh, that's like not even really like meant to be anything else besides this is the one course that I think I know best. All right, are you a lefty, right? I am. Okay, good. Now I got to hear this breakdown. Go on. Yeah, I'm a lefty. Okay. Um, so this week, first and foremost, yes, that the fairways are fast, like Pam said, but the grass, the Kikuya grass at Riviera is one of the stickiest grasses that you can find. So when you have your approach shot and you expect an approach shot to hit the fringe or to hit just outside the green in the rough and then or in the fairway and just bounce on, it will never do that. It's never going to do it. You're going to have to hit into the green as high as you can. So some of the short iron play is going to be really, really important. And on top of that, the course is 7,300 yards uh, long from the tips. So being long off the tee is going to be really, really beneficial. I remember seeing Rory back in the day play Riviera, and he just mashes it. It's a yeah. very wide course for it not to be link style. And he has wide, wide open fairways. Yes, the rough is a little bit tricky, but no trickier than any other course uh, around the PGA Tour. So I personally love Rory. Uh, like Pam said, he loves it at Riviera. He hits it really long. He's going to have very easy wedge shots, nine irons into these greens. He can shape his irons. There's a lot of dog legs on this course. He can shape his irons. He's played Riviera six times. He's finished top 25 times, including fifth in 2020. I think that he's due. I think he's due to win it. You can get him 10 to 1. Uh, I like Justin Thomas as well, 15 to 1. He's missed the cut twice here in the last five years, but in the three times that he's made the cut, he's actually top 10 in all three of those. So this might be one of those situations where bands will make him dance, and you take him to miss the cut, <laughs> and you take him to top 10 or top 5, yep. and maybe you get some good plus money. It's actually only plus 150 for him to top 10, so maybe you want to take him top 5. He's 15, plus 1,500 for uh, an outright winner. And then my last one, actually, that I like a lot is Victor Hovland at 2,600, uh, plus 2,600. He has two consecutive top fives at Riviera. He's only played there twice. The course really w lines up well for him in terms of the areas of his game. Uh, he can scramble well. Poana Greens he does well on. He, like I said, he's had two top five finishes in the two times that he's played the Genesis. He's improved his short game a lot, which is what it's going to take to win here. There's going to be some short par fives, uh, and there's going to be some par threes and par fours that you can get after. Ten, number 10 specifically, you can birdie if you set up well. Uh, and number 17, that's a short par five. And number four, I believe it is, another par five that you're going to be able to get after. So uh, I like Victor Hovland just for the value, plus 2,600. Those are my favorite three. Yeah, so we actually have pretty much, it's either going to be a really good weekend for us or it's probably going to be a terrible weekend of golf <laughs> for us because we have pretty much the same golfers. I haven't played Rory yet because anytime I play Rory, I always am like, okay, I should have went probably T20 or a top 20 finish, anything plus money with him because he always starts off, it's a disaster. He puts all that pressure on himself. And then the final two days, there he is, he's laughing, he's having a good time, and he ends up uh, shooting awesome and finish in top 15, top 20. So I'm going to wait and try to get a better price than 10 to 1. I want like 12 to 1, 14 to 1. Went back to JT, had him last week. You ended up finishing fourth last week. You had a top five finish last week as well, didn't I you? I did, yep. Yeah, so I got it 1,400 plus 1,400. I wish I had the 16 to 1. You brought up the last five starts, but he did have the uh, second place finish in 2019, and I had him that year. He probably should have won that year. If you remember, it was really windy on the Saturday and Sunday, though. I also have Vic 28 to 1. Had him last week. He was chipping awful. He was all over the place. But you already brought up the ball striking. And obviously his putting's really solid. 
His last two appearances tied for fourth and fifth. So I think this could be his year, and I like 28 to 1. And then the one that I brought up to Pam, uh, I had a free bet. I'm going to go Taylor Moore, 100 to 1 over at BetMGM, which is the best price you could get on him. He had top 15 finishes at the Farmers, he had one at Pebble. Um, and uh, he was a mess last year, but he actually looks all right right now, and 100 to one's a decent price. I also played some really I like quickly. That a lot. Top 20 finishes. I'm going to go with JT because Pam brought up the price, and I like getting plus money with him just yeah. to finish top 20. And I'm also uh, on Vic. I'm going to add him top 20 as well, and then Tiger to make the cut because you already know what it is. No time wearing, it is. I'll be wearing Tiger apparel the rest of the week. He's my uh, second favorite professional athlete of all time. I know he's a mess today. He actually made it through 16 holes. He walked all 18. Baby steps for Tiger. Uh, he's not going to be in contention. Don't waste your money. Buy your kids something nice. Yeah, it's just, it really? blows my mind. Get your get your wife a day after Valentine's yeah. present, and the then maybe next a, Saturday. Really, or something. Yeah, we'll go on. That was Sorry. an accident. Yeah. Really quickly about Rory. Uh, I think the thing that's really interesting about him is he, like Pam said, he did play the Genesis last mm-hmm. week. And if you look at what he's done after a week off versus being on back-to-back, he's had nine starts on back-to-back weekends. He's won twice and has seven top tens. So he actually is either winning or top ten in every single one of those tournaments. Uh, so his average finish on a back-to-back is eight, eight, eight point four. So somewhere between eighth and ninth in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So he's really good when he gets some momentum and has back-to-back weeks. Uh, players who are not good when they've played back-to-back, John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler, I would absolutely fade those two. All right, I'm gonna throw out these two real quick, then we'll move on to uh, the slumps that we talked about. Adam's got a top ten finish at four to one in 14 starts at this course. He's had seven top ten finishes, four top twos. He plays well there every single time. And I think I'm just going to tail Pam on that Taylor Moore top 20. Yeah. I mean, why not? Plus 350? I, I I think that's – he's the three straight top 15 finishes so far this yeah. year. Sometimes you just want to find the hot golfers and you want – with any sport. It's not even just golf. You want to find somebody that's in a nice rhythm, and those are two names right there that are clearly in a good spot to have success. So I like those two. All right. We got about six minutes or so here. You just broke a slump. Congratulations. Yeah, I did. Got that Got that nice win. We've all had those moments. You guys have tricks? Like how you get out of a slump, what you do, strategy in a betting slump when it's like this just this just isn't hitting. Do you change sports? Do you go to like an old trusted, you know, prop bet, somebody you know is gonna go out there and get you a certain amount of points, rebounds, whatever the case is? I feel like everybody's got something. Usually I'll take today's um not not a usual day for me. Usually mm-hmm. I'll take two days off, two, three days off. Mm-hmm. Especially if it happens like on a Thursday or yep. a Friday. I'll take the entire weekend off. Minus the NFL, obviously. Or you'll even do it Some, the NFL. Sometimes I'll, I mean, sometimes I'll just, it depends on what's going on. That if takes I'm, resistance, good for if you. If I am in a really bad spot, which doesn't happen often, mm-hmm. usually college football and NFL weeks, I do a lot better uh, than I do when there's no football going on because I feel like there's a better edge, specifically in college. Uh, and, like, college basketball and the NBA, when the NFL season is ending, it it's really hard. Like, you're going towards the All-Star break. Nothing makes sense. You you got Cleveland getting blown out by Philly. Yeah. You've got things happening in college basketball that we don't understand. You got the Knicks beating the Atlanta Hawks by twenty. Well, the Knicks are a superpower now. How dare you? You have the Spurs the competing back. with the Charlotte Hornets, and I don't really even know what that means. I don't even know what I expected. So player props don't make sense. You got teams right on the trade deadline, uh, and they're starting to make their way. We don't know what to make of their props. So usually I'll just take time off. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, that's the same way that I pretty much do it. And especially, like, college football is a little bit different because if there's something that I really like and I have a week to handicap or prepare for it or you have a really good injury report or information, then I'll place bigger bets. But basketball, everything's like a half a unit, one unit size. I really kind of just stick to the process, like, especially with college hoops because I'll have a really bad Saturday where I go two and seven. 
like last week, and then you'll have a Saturday where you go eight and one, and you're like, okay, the numbers are all correct. The crazy thing is, like, what I do is I try not to overreact, uh, but, like, everything's kind of changed. That's what's weird about it. Like, college basketball, I used to be a lot better. Like, home court advantage, I felt really meant a lot more back before ESPN+, Plus, ESPNU, CBS Sports Network, because you would get Duke in North Carolina on national TV on ESPN, right? Or you get, like, the big CBS Saturday-Sunday game. But I would always find value, like, how we joke around about, like, game of the year with mm -hmm. Montana State. But those games were not broadcasted. And I'm not saying they were rigged anything, but the home team always got a really good whistle. Now you don't really see that so much anymore because all these games are yeah. under the microscope. Yeah. So college basketball isn't, like home court advantage doesn't mean as much. So what I do is track all my plays or at least try to, even if I'm not giving them out and they're just personal. And then at the end of the year, I look and I'm like, what did I do wrong? What's changed? You know, maybe these West Coast trips don't really matter anymore. You know, maybe the circus trip, if a team... If they're having like Disney on ice or the circus is going to be there for a month, you know what I mean? Those long the road rodeo trips. For the yeah. And they're going to be in Miami. They're going to the party cities. They're going to be by Vegas. They're going to be, you know, in Arizona. You're like, okay, I'm going to fade these guys for the next week. Sometimes that doesn't matter, especially with young teams like the Grizzlies the last couple of years. It didn't matter if they were in Los Angeles. They no. actually got up for those kind of yeah. games. So I just try to like reevaluate everything at the end of the year rather than overreact after one bad week. But I do take nights off, especially in the NBA. I texted you guys today. I'm done. I quit. Like, I'm getting killed on player props. And it's always just some nonsense where it looks good for three quarters and there's a blowout situation. Or like tonight, for example, like, I uh, really like Detroit. They're down 15 at the half against Boston. How does that make any sense? Right. Because you're looking at the injury report. You get the closing line value of a team like the Pistons plus 14. Everybody sits for Boston. And then some scrub shows up out of nowhere, drops 25 on you. Giannis sits out for the Bucks and Thanasis scores 20. And you lose the bet, even though you have six points of closing line value. I just try not to freak out after nights like that. But I was almost there in my bed today, and it didn't help that I wasn't able to lose my, leave my house, and I was losing these NBA games. And then I went 4-0 in college, and you're like, why do I even do this with the NBA? The NBA is the hardest thing to bet in the regular season, whereas with college, there's an advantage because you have more games to choose from, a bigger catalog. It's funny. I feel more comfortable with prop bets in the NBA than I do yeah. college basketball. But the sides, when it comes to sides in the NBA... I, it's it's rare for me. It's maybe one a night max. There's many nights where I just won't even do it. Like tonight, I'm on Spurs plus seven and a half. That's the only one in the NBA. And right now, the Spurs are down two to the Hornets. So I feel good about that. Knock on wood, at least for now. But yeah, the, I think the big thing first is like you literally do have to kind of clear your head and just sit back and say, I'm, I'm not. I'm just going to start fresh. Hit the reset button and start all over again and look at it with some fresh eyes. Get the frustration out. I don't know. Maybe go find a rage room somewhere and smash things. You ever been to one of those rage rooms? No. I've always wanted. Do you know what they are? Yeah, you beat the, you, you smash things, right? I want to do that so bad. It's like Fred Durst. Like, one of those days when you just want to wake Can up. Can we do that as like a show bit? Like, we go after a bad week or something and just smash things? Scott, can you talk to management about this? I think we should actually investigate doing it in here because Zach said he's going to redo the studio. Oh. So why don't we not be like violent NFL fans and trash the TVs, but ask if we can help redecorate. I would love to process. smash things. It's like when you watch those home makeover shows and the best part is the demo. I want to go in yeah. and smash the walls. That looks like so much fun. See, I do it the opposite way. I learned from uh, one of the greats, uh, Phil Jackson, and it's all just zen for me, especially lately. You know, go home, I uh, maybe throw in a bath bomb, light a candle, do a little ordinary Have love. Have a jazz bath? Yeah, a little Sade. I mean, I'm a bath bomb guy. Yeah, that, that's what I've been getting into my Zen. Zen. Uh, in fact, if you actually looked at my Apple Music, you would see uh, doing sick. a lot of meditation lately. Yeah, All just right. trying to get one with the breathing. Yeah, rather than, you know, you don't, 
You just got to calm down a little bit, Tristan. Mm-hmm. You know, breathe. I, no, I get that. I have a breathing app on my phone. You got to get your, got to get your. Just got to breathe right. like fabulous one said, yeah, right? That's true. One into the two, two, two into the three, three, three into, into the four, four and then, then you yeah, gotta, sure enough, uh, five into the six. Yeah. 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 And then you exactly. just breathe. Boom. You're good. But yeah, this you're right, Tristan. When you talk about like this time right before the All Star break, it's guys getting ready to go on vacation. Like, yeah, there's some that are going to be in the All Star game or some of the festivities. There's a lot of guys that are just ready to go take a few days off, and they made the All-Star break longer. Remember LeBron?